Just as you can't turn fat into muscle, you can't turn flesh into spirit. Dr. Tony Evans, explaining why society is unable to offer any real hope for overcoming evil. What the world has to settle for is flesh management. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. You can't grow what you don't sow. It's as simple as that. Today, Dr. Evans talks about the biblical principle of sowing and reaping and how what we choose to do or not do has eternal consequences. Let's join him as he sets up today's study. Some years ago, out in the country, this particular home did not have indoor plumbing. So they had to use the facilities in an outhouse. The little boy who lived in the house hated the outhouse because he'd have to go out there in all kind of weather. And the outhouse was on the edge of a river bank. So it was real close to the water. But he hated it. One day he went out to use the facilities, but the weather was so bad and he was so mad that he shoved the outhouse down the river bank into the river. The next day, the, his father came to him and said, son, son, did you push the outhouse down to the river? He said, yeah, I, I did it, dad, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did it because like George Washington, who chopped down the cherry tree, he never told a lie. So I'm not going to lie. George Washington's father didn't punish him when he told the truth about chopping down the cherry tree. The father said that's because George Washington's father was not in the cherry tree. The idea is that choices matter. Our decisions are not neutral. All of us, to varying degrees, have made choices we would have preferred not to make. Maybe even carrying some of the ongoing repercussions of those choices. Conversely, choices we're glad we made. When it comes to our standing before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, what will matter will be choices. Paul says that we must value God's word. And then he says he wants you to know God cannot be tricked. You need to know he cannot be fooled. Don't be deceived. Don't think God didn't see it, doesn't know it, and missed it. God will not be made fun of in the end. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And then he gives one of those invaluable laws. An invaluable something is something that can be not be violated. Science, for example, has invaluable laws. The law of gravity. That's an unchangeable reality in our existence. The law of gravity says what goes up must come down. It is a non-negotiable reality. Now, the fact that you don't like it is irrelevant. 
The fact that you don't agree with the law of gravity means little. The fact that you're going to rebel against it. Okay. So you want to let gravity know how you really feel about it. So you go to the tallest building you can find to serve notice on gravity. Gravity, you're not going to tell me what to do. And you jump. As we sweep you up off of the pavement, it will become inextricably clear that gravity doesn't care how you feel about it. Gravity doesn't care whether you agree with it. Gravity doesn't care whether you like it because it is a law that has been normalized scientifically. Just as there are scientific laws, the basis of which allows us to operate with certainty in our environment, there are moral laws, laws of life. And he gives one of those key moral laws here. Whatever a man sows, that he also reaps. That is a non-negotiable moral law of God that he won't be tricked by. Whatever a man sows, whatever anyone sows, that he also reaps. If you plant cabbage, you get cabbage. You don't get oranges. If you plant greens, you get greens. You don't get corn. In other words, what you plant, you get. Not only what you plant do you get, what you plant you get and you get more of it than you planted. Because once it reaps, it is been seeded to grow, expand, become bigger because you plant a corn seed and then you wind up with a stalk of corn with all these ears of corn on it because what you plant you get, but you get more of it than you plant. Many of us, most of us probably have things we planted years ago we're still wrestling with today because there is a law at work and it It is a standard. It is one to be expected. And it's the law of sowing and reaping. When it comes to sowing and reaping, the farmer starts with what he wants to reap because that'll tell him what he's going to sow. In other words, it is the end game that informs the beginning game. Where he wants to wind up, what fruit, what vegetable, will tell him what he's going to plant. What fruit, what vegetable. He doesn't plant one thing and is worried that something else is coming up because he expects to reap what he sows. He says, when it comes to living life, when it comes to our existence on earth and our expectations in the life to come, We must think agriculturally and not industrially. We ought to think agriculturally and not technologically. In other words, when it comes to living life, think like a farmer. Sowing and reaping is farming. Planting and harvesting is farming. Consider yourself a moral farmer. And in this grid that cannot be violated... Whatever a man or a person sows, that he also reaps. You must look at your life as a seed. 
that is planted and that is going to produce whatever is planted. Let's compare it to our physical lives. When a child is born, they're born into a world of choices. The job of a parent is to guide the child into making the right choices. But we all know children don't always make the right choices. We, as children of our parents, didn't always make the right choices. And therefore, everybody's life does not wind up being lived out to its maximum potential because of choices they made. And so the fact that they were born again doesn't automatically mean they're going to have a well-lived life. Just because you've been born again doesn't mean you will have a well-lived life. Just as in the physical world, you can have a messed up life, even though you were born as a seed. In the spiritual world, you can have a messed up life because of seeds that have been sown because there is a law at work. And the law is whatever is sown is also reaped. And God cannot be tricked or mocked. He cannot be fooled. Or to put it in everyday street language, what goes around comes around is what he says. So for you young people, it is very critical that early on you learn this law. Because it will save you from a lot of heartache and headache that many of your parents have gone through or are going through. And for those who are already adults, it is time to live out this law so that we don't keep repeating the same mistake over and over or the same sin again and again and again because the crop is going to keep on growing. So the law is non-negotiable. Whatever is planted is going to pop up and become fruit from that root. Dr. Evans will dig deeper into the connection between sowing and reaping when he returns in just a moment. Stay with us. Compassion isn't just a word. It's a mission. Dive into Created for Compassion, Kindness in the Culture and experience 30 days of scripture, insights, and daily kindness challenges. Let's radiate God's love, change lives, and be kingdom ambassadors of compassion. You can find out more about Created for Compassion when you visit TonyEvans.org. And that's where you can also learn how to receive the complete series Dr. Evans has been teaching from today, called The Judgment Seat of Christ. Through this series, Tony digs into what the Bible has to say about the day believers will stand face to face with Christ encouraging you to find deeper fulfillment as your life demonstrates the awareness of God's goodness. There's a lot packed into this powerful series, and all eight messages are yours as our gift when you make a contribution to help support our work here on the radio, TV, and with a growing network of pastors and churches. Along with the audio messages, available on CD or digital download, we'll also send you Tony's helpful booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles. This convenient reference guide can demystify the devil's craftiness. 
and quell any fear or anxiety he attempts to place in the way of your marriage, health, career, finances, virtually any area of your life. Visit us at TonyEvans.org before this special offer runs out tomorrow, or call us at 1-800-800-3222 to get some in-person help from our resource team. I'll have our contact information for you once again after part two of today's lesson. He goes a little deeper into the agricultural perspective on life. For the one who sows, verse 8 says, to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. There are only two fields of life. There are only two plots of ground you can sow your life on. Only two. There's no third option. One option, he says, you sow to the flesh. The other option is you sow to the spirit. So he's talking to Christians because Christians have the spirit. He says, you sow to one of these or the other. So let's define them. Your flesh is your unredeemed humanity that seeks to please self independently of God. Your flesh is your unredeemed humanity that seeks to please self rather than pleasing God. That is, when I have to choose between what God wants and what I want, I choose me. That's flesh. That is to satisfy oneself independently of God. Conversely, the spirit is our redeemed humanity that seeks to please God over and against ourselves, So that when I have to choose between God and me, I choose God and not me. So that is the distinction between flesh and spirit. Your salvation was a new resident moving into an old house. This humanity is going to decay. It's going to die. It's going to the grave. The Bible says flesh and blood cannot inhabit the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because it has been contaminated. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We commit sin. This humanity is contaminated and it is unfixable. So therefore, God is going to give every believer a new humanity. It's called a glorified body, a body that is not contaminated due to sin. Okay, but your redeemed part, that is your spirit that takes your real life, which is your soul is your real life, to God, that is been and being redeemed. So your life will go into a new house. But right now, when you became a Christian, a new resident moved into the old house. So the old house is still operative and it's full of termites. Okay, The old house is unfixable. And the longer you live in it, the more breakdown becomes part of it. Because this is an unsalvageable reality. But the inner man, the spiritual man, is supposed to be getting younger while the outer man is getting older. 
So this new resident, the spirit, that has inhabited the old location, our physical humanity, where uh, sin, the Bible says, expresses itself through the body, is where this conflict occurs. Okay, we, we all have fat and muscle. We have fat and muscle as part of our physical composition. You cannot turn fat into muscle. That's, that's not possible. Those are two distinct compositions of our physical frame. All the work in the world can't turn fat into muscle. Now, you can lose fat and you can build muscle, but you can't turn fat into muscle because they're distinct, Amen. even though they're located in our individual framing. Just as you can't turn fat into muscle, you can't turn flesh into spirit. The only thing you can do with your unredeemed humanity is try to manage it better. So what the world has to settle for is flesh management. To try to keep the flesh from expressing how fleshy it really is. That's why we have laws. We have laws to hold people's flesh at bay. That's why we even teach moral principles so people will manage their sinfulness better. Okay, but that doesn't turn it into spirit. Spirit has to be God's work inside because he is now taken resident in the life. That's what happens at conversion. So these are two specifically distinct realities. Now, to understand these realities, you have to understand they don't get along. They, they, they are not friends. They're not posse. That's not homeboy or homegirl. That's not your BFF. That, the flesh and spirit don't get along, but they're located in the same location. Galatians 5 says the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. This is an offensive line and a defensive line, and they are against each other. Okay. The victory over the flesh doesn't come because you change the flesh into the spirit. The victory over the flesh comes because the spirit gets to override the flesh. He doesn't cancel it. That's when you get to heaven. But he will override it. Okay? And what overrides our unredeemed humanity? Choice. Here it is. God will not make the choice for you. Let me say that again. God will not make the choice for you. He will tell you what the choice ought to be. But he will not make the choice for you. He made us free moral agents within his sovereign boundaries, of course. But he has said, these are my boundaries, but on the field of play called life, you get to choose. And you can choose for me or against me. He gave Adam and Eve the boundary, but he says, it's your choice. I'm going to tell you what the rule is, but you can buck it. 
So what you have to understand is that choice matters because you get to make it. What the Holy Spirit does is empower the right choice, but he does not make the choice. You must make the choice and the role of the spirit is to empower the choice that you made when the choice is in agreement with God. When the choice is not in agreement with God, there is no spirit to help you because you have joined the flesh and the flesh is in opposition to the spirit. So the flesh is not going to help you get the spirit to stop the flesh from being fleshy. The flesh is going to do everything it can to be at bay against the spirit. So it's not going to help you. You, me, we, us must make the choice. Until we learn to walk in the spirit, the flesh will stay in control. Even if you're a believer. But that involves choice. And that involves you. God doesn't make the choice For you, he tells you what the choice ought to be. So we have these conflicting realities. Every Christian faces them. The Apostle Paul faces them. We have AM and FM. We got standard transmission and automatic transmission. We got a rowboat and a speedboat. In other words, there are these two dynamics working with the believer, and that is the battle. If, If there is no battle, it's because there is no spirit. See, what many Christians do is visit the spirit. They don't walk in the spirit. See, those are not the same thing. See, Sunday is a spirit visit. That's not a spirit walk. Walk in the Bible means lifestyle. Dr. Tony Evans will return in just a moment with a special invitation for you. But first, if you'd like to review this lesson on your own or pass it along to someone you care about, just get in touch with us for details on the message titled, The Choices of the Judgment. Better yet, get it as a part of Tony's complete eight-part audio series, The Judgment Seat of Christ. As I mentioned earlier, it's available right now as our gift to you in appreciation for your donation toward Tony's ministry, along with a special bonus, the powerful booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles. Visit TonyEvans.org right away to get all the details before time runs out tomorrow. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or call us at 1-800-800-3222. Our resource center is open 24-7. That's 1-800-800-3222. Well, before we wrap up, Dr. Evans wanted to share this important invitation with you. In the Bible, Jesus showed love and kindness to everyone didn't matter who they were. And when you have a personal relationship with him, it changes you from the inside out. You start living out his teachings, being compassionate and spreading love. So if you've got a desire for kindness in yourself, but have yet to make a personal connection with Jesus, there's no better time than right now to do it. You can begin your relationship with him when you say this simple prayer with me. Just make sure you mean these words for yourself. Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus Christ, your Son, who died and rose again from my sins. I invite him into my life as my Savior and Lord. Wash away my sins and guide me according to your loving will. I desire to be a light for you in a dark world, and I thank you for your love, 
and the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to learn more about getting a life in Jesus Christ, start it off right. Visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link at the top of the page that simply says Jesus. We have more information for you there, along with plenty of helpful resources. Take the time to check it out. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's a law of physics. But its truth carries over to the spiritual realm as well. Be sure to join Dr. Evans tomorrow as he continues his look at the eternal consequences of our momentary choices. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 